If you want to become financially independent, come to my seminar. Let me show you how to make the fortune you have always dreamed about. Ready? Go! What happens if you are named in Nelson Rockefeller's will? You get rich quick. Stand on the line, let the game begin. Everybody's gonna lose and I'm gonna win. Gonna get rich quick. This is my lucky day. So step around, baby, and everything will be okay. Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to Get Rich Quick with Josh and Noel. Right here on Radio Free Brooklyn. Yeah. I went through a big range there, my friend. You did. You did. You're really, you're really showing your growth as a, as a host. As a, with my vocal ease. Yeah. <clears throat> Although right now it sounds like there's a, it feels like, and it kind of sounds to me like there's a glob of phlegm just sitting in my throat that doesn't want to come out. Your instrument is clogged, as they my say. My instrument is clogged. But unfortunately, we don't have like, uh, you know, on trumpets and thing and clarinets and wind instruments, they have like uh, uh, spit keys. Mm-hmm. You push it and you just blow and then whatever, all the spit that's clogging it up comes out. Yeah. I don't have that. You should get a tracheotomy and then you could do it. That's a great <laughs> idea. <laughs> could you imagine if I talked with the bu- with the thing? With the buzzer thing? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Something along those lines. Yeah. Anyway, this is a show where I, Josh Rubin, and I, Noel Deneen, come together once a week over a single topic. And from said topic, we go off to our separate caves and come out after a long, hard winter with ideas on how you, the listener, can get rich from the topic we have chosen. That's right. So many ideas, so good. And we only have an hour, so we whittle it down yeah. to the top four or so. Ish. Give or take. Four-ish. Um, and for all this work that we do, mm-hmm. for all this money that we make you people. Oh, so much. We don't ask for anything up front. No. We're not like any of these online money gurus. These car gurus who try to sell you on a one-size-fits-all no. money-making scheme. Yeah, flim-flam shops. That's not what we do. Uh-uh. We're not no multi-level marketing mess. That's not what we do. What we do is we give you the idea. You take it. Only if you feel it. That's the thing. There are so many episodes out there now. How many episodes do we have now, Noel? Oh, like 257, I think this one is. There you go, 257. And that doesn't include the lost episodes. Which, you know, may get played at some point when (laughs) we get tired of doing the show for a while. Sure. 257 episodes out there that have three to four ideas per episode. Uh Uh-huh. And you can go through them all until you find an idea that you're like, damn, that works for me. That fits my lifestyle. That's the person I want to be. That's the thing I want to do. Whatever it is, you you know, that intrigues me in some weird way. That touches me deep down in my soul. And I can feel good about getting rich off of this idea. Then you take that idea, you action it, you get incredibly wealthy. 
Because if you believe in something, that's how when, the one you're going to make money with. So you get incredibly rich, and then and only then do we think it's appropriate for you to turn around and, as, as we call it, pay it backwards, throw us a little change, a little cha-ching, line our pockets a little bit for giving you the idea that you connected with so deeply that you were able to make trillions of dollars off of it. And what do they do, Noel? After you're super rich, you say, hey, you know, I wasn't always in this position of power I, was, I am now. You know, there was a day back when I was when I was a rube on the streets and I could have been plucked by any flim flam artist out there and, and shaken for the last nickels I had. But these two dudes came along and these two dudes set me straight and set me on the path to riches. I owe them something. I owe them 10% of everything I made while I got rich. I need to tithe them is what I need. That's what we're talking about, guys. Yeah. A tip, a tithe. Yeah. 10% of all the money you make off of the idea of ours. A little ting-a-ling. If you make a uh, trillion dollars off of uh, one idea, mm -hmm. that's 10%. Yeah. If you make $20 billion off of another idea, then it's just 10% of that $20 billion. Yeah. We're not talking about all the money you make. If you make another... $70 billion off of stocks and bonds. We, we have no claim to that. No claim to that whatsoever. We don't want a taste of all your money, just the money that uh, uh, we're due. Yeah. That's all, guys. Pretty fair. Pretty simple. Yeah. I don't see what the problem is. No, you don't need yet, an accountant to figure this one out. No. 10%. Do the math. Move the decimal one spot. Yeah. That's all it is. It's pretty easy. But the problem is, Noel, mm -hmm. no one has paid us yet. <laughs> I expect it's coming through any day. Now that you people have that. more time, they're at home, they're quarantined, they've already watched all the old episodes of Cheers. Uh, now they're like, oh yeah, I know what I should do. I should get around to paying those guys all that billions I owe them. You know what the number one trending show on Netflix is right now? Uh, no. Uh, Star Trek Next Generation. Oh, really? Did yeah. not know that. Everyone's watching that show now. Okay. That means they've watched everything else on Netflix. That does pretty much mean that. Well, no, Trek, there's a lot of people that love Star Trek. Whatever. <laughs> We've been trying to, we, we, we came up with the idea, uh, like it's an original idea, uh -huh. that we were going to watch all the Star Trek shows in order, starting with, obviously, the original Star Trek. Mm-hmm. It is so hard to get through. <laughs> well, there's not a whole lot of the original Star Treks, are huh? there? There's not a lot what? of Star Treks, are there? There were three seasons, mm -hmm. but the first season was 28 episodes, oh, and whoa. the next two were in the 30s. Oh, whoa. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, so there's like 90 episodes All right. we, to get through. Redefined uh, season. Mm -hmm. We came up with this idea seven months ago when this pandemic started, or yeah. eight months ago. We're halfway through season two. Oh. Yeah. You might just want to leave it there. This is what I suggest. Yeah. Because <laughs> the whole point of this is that Deb really wants to watch Next Generation. Okay. And I keep saying, so let's just watch Next Generation. Yeah. 
It's I don't think it's like you need to know anything. No, you don't need to know anything about it. But she's like, no, we have to watch the first series first. Uh-huh. I'm like, okay. Whenever they talk back about, you remember the old generation? Yeah, yeah. They never mentioned Kirk or Spock. Uh-huh. They probably do. I, I don't know. I don't think they do. There's I bet probably they don't. some references to like these guys that blazed the trail that we now trod. I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Yeah. In about six or seven years. <laughs> and you'll find out from a position of power. You don't have to take someone's word as to whether or not they reference anything else. You'll know. That's right. Exactly. And that's the real reason we're doing it. Yeah, because you don't trust anyone. I don't. I don't. <laughs> Especially not those dirty Trekkies. It's it's impossible to trust anyone these days. Yeah, it is. It's getting that. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen you even, you know, other than Zoom mm-hmm. in over in about a week. Yeah. A little over a week over. now. Um, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, yeah, I worked all week. Um, I was walking around, uh, a lot of days when I finish work, um, after I'm done, either Nan and I will both go and take Nigel for a walk, or maybe I'll give her a break. She's been watching him all day and, uh, she can lay down for a little bit and I'll take him for a walk. At this point, your baby is very much like a dog. You just, you just got to walk him. Yeah. Yeah. He's got to walk him and feed him. Yeah. Pick up his poo. Pick up his poop. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Why just you check. play with him. What was that? You got to play with him. Yeah. That's you pet him. Got to pet him. Love him a little bit. Make noises with him. He loves yeah. making noises. He's way into making noises now. Yeah, yeah. So you do fart noises with him all day, don't you? I don't. I should. Yeah. I don't. I I do the types of noises he's making. Oh, that's why he finds it so funny. He's laughing <laughs> at his own jokes. He will laugh and laugh. He will. He thinks it's a riot. Laughing at his own jokes. Yeah. But so walking around, uh, particularly the last couple days, uh, there's been a change in the city. I don't know if you've noticed this out in the far west region where you are. Uh, School is back in session. And NYU uh, has a lot of people that came back to the neighborhood. (laughs) I haven't walked by NYU at all. Uh, Yeah, there's a lot of people. I've, I think, in, without realizing it, intentionally stayed far away. Yeah, because university is back in. I, I think they're going to get shut down soon. Honestly, like the other college at this yeah. point. Yeah, I, I really think so. Uh, you know, it, it, it's much more crowded out, um, and the, depending on where you are, it's gone from like ninety percent plus wearing masks to like sixty percent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and they're traveling in packs of like forty. <laughs> uh they there are there's a lot of packs of giant packs where I guess probably they don't know anyone and so they're just like, hey, everyone on my floor, you want to go for a walk together or some crap? Yeah, well, like it's that. all orientation time right now. 
right? It's the first week of univer of school, isn't yeah. it? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, so the freshmen are all orienting and they, they're not really doing classes. They're just like there to figure out what they are. I think they just did. I may be wrong, but I think they may have had to do like, I can't remember what school it was. Someone was telling me that their niece or nephew's school made them <clears throat> lock down for two weeks. Uh huh. In their dorm rooms. They, they did that at NYU. All the people who came from states where New York State says you need to quarantine when you get here right. okay. had to show up two weeks early, and they couldn't leave their rooms for, for two weeks. Okay. Maybe but it was you who was telling me that. Now they're out, uh, and they're everywhere. Yeah. Like little cockroaches. Imagine locking up a bunch of 18, 19, 20-year-olds. Uh-huh in their rooms for two weeks, basically grounding them for two weeks. Can't even imagine. And then finally saying, you're free. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen? Well, they're, they're out. Uh, and they're all, the, you know, there's so many ridiculous outfits out there I saw today walking around uh, where, like, just entire butt cheeks just hanging straight out of shorts. Uh, you are such an old man. No, 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 dude. Like aggressive. I've, I saw a few that it's like, really? Is it? Maybe it's because people have been locked up and they've forgotten how people dress. Maybe. No, that's how kids dress no, these days. Not, 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 no, it was aggressive. I understand what you're saying. I've, I saw a girl at the dog run. Mm -hmm. Every time she bent over, her shorts were so short, mm -hmm. her vagina came out. <laughs> It just pooched right out of the, the edge of her, her shorts. Uh, I've also been seeing a lot of women walking around topless, too. Really? Yeah. No, I haven't seen that over by me. If you go, if you go to parks, if you go to Union Square, if you go to uh, uh, Tompkins Square, mm -hmm. you know, a lot, of the, a lot of women out there sunbathing topless, walking around topless. Well, they're not doing that in Washington Square. No. But I'm telling you, I've seen it in Tompkins Square, and I was walking. I was walking through the uh, the Green Market in Union Square, and these two women just walking through topless, just having a conversation. I sort of thought really? it was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, all the power to them. You know, yeah. maybe, maybe like uh, how with everyone so isolated. You know how in the last election they were like, "Oh, it's because everyone's in their news bubbles," and you don't realize what's going on with the rest of the world. Maybe people are now in fashion bubbles, <laughs> right? They are. <clears throat> I think people have always been in fashion bubbles, but though. more so that we don't even know they exist. Mm. Um, <laughs> you don't even know they exist. <laughs> yeah. uh, so it, it reminded me uh, in my old apartment that I lived in for a long time uh, or uh, on the street for a long time was over uh Technically, it's the village, and I think once again the neighborhood's been renamed to Lower Village or something like that. But most people would consider it uh, Soho, but it's technically not Soho. Where you were on on uh, Thompson, that was not considered Soho. No, that's not technically Soho into West Broadway, and huh. now it's been renamed uh, to, as I say, I think it's Lower Village or something like that. Uh, which is good because 
you know, if it's Soho, it's the crappy part of Soho. You can just plow down and put up big buildings. Uh, but if it's its own neighborhood, then it's got his, you know, its own significance or whatever, right? Uh, but so there were a lot of like old Italian people that lived there, um, and uh, there were some benches on my street where a lot of people would like hang out and drink coffee and chit chat, and so you really did get to know a lot of these like older Italian people that lived there, and. There are a lot of people that would walk around there with a lot of attitude. Uh, and, and probably, I realized walking around the street, it would peak around this time of year when all the students would come. And uh, they try to New York it up as they imagined New York to be before they got here, kind of, right? Uh, and their big insult for everyone would always be, they think they're in Soho. <laughs> <laughs> That was like the ultimate insult they could give. And I walked around today thinking that they think they're in Soho. And I wasn't even in Soho. Do you think maybe the issue is is, is the reason you don't know about these fashion bubbles is I, I found this when I hit 50 mm-hmm. that I didn't know anything about what people under the age of 30 were doing. Well, maybe. And, and maybe it is just be that we've everyone's been so separated for a while because you do see things, and, and you'll, the first couple times you see it, you're like, what is that? Like the whole open-toed boot phase that went through. The first couple you see, you're like, what is this idiot wearing? And mm-hmm. then you see more of them, and you're like, oh, I guess that's a thing, right? And so things creep in. But then everyone isolates for, no one sees anyone for six months, and maybe those things are progressing, and you're not realizing it because you're not seeing it. Uh, I don't know where they're progressing, Uh I just think you haven't been around young people for a while. I think you've been around most of the people in the neighborhood that have been around are people that are working. So they're people in their late twenties, early thirties. They're not dressing like kids anymore. Maybe. And that's, that's the thing. You're seeing young people in the way they dress and maybe you're more in touch with it because you're the, you're a father now. Maybe. And you're going to have to worry about, you know, your son wearing these little short shorts (laughs) and his ball bag shooting out every time he lifts his leg up. That'd be pretty funny. The glamour of fashion, my friend, the uh-huh. glamour of fashion, which is fitting uh-huh. that we're talking about Soho glamour, fashion glamour, because today's topic, Noel, is... Today's topic is glamour, how to get rich with it, how to pearl your way to the top. Pearl, like knit one, pearl two? Like a string of pearls. Oh, like a string of pearls. Okay. Glamour. It, it's always funnier when you have to explain it. Yeah. <laughs> I got to come up with a better transition from the topic announcement. Uh, <laughs> I guess after five years, maybe I should consider it. I don't know. <laughs> no, you've got some real winners that have gone there. Some of them, not so much. That was a not so much. That, that, you got to take risks if you really want to succeed. Hey. You got to take you know, risks. You, yeah, you're never going to come up with a truly creative thought. Yeah. Unless you fail a few times. We went to the moon not because it was easy, but because it was hard. All right. So, glamour. How are you going to get rich from it? Glamour. So, when I think about glamour, maybe I'm wrong, but 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 in my mind what I what I always think is glamour of a fashion of a particular era. Right? Okay, yeah. In, in particular, like 
eighties, nineties, big hair, uh, uh, like Dynasty Joan Collins. See, that is the last thing I think of when I think of glamour. Really, that's when I think of a glamorous era. What do you? Th- no, not a glamorous era, but when I think of the word glamour. Yeah, but when I think of the word glamour, I think of the forties. Okay. And the thirties, when people used to dress up to go to dinner mm-hmm. and the theater, and guys wore tuxedos. All every guy, every guy who did anything had a tuxedo in his closet. Okay. Even if he worked a you know a regular job during the day, I don't. That's I, what it felt like to me. I think of big hair. I think of uh, that whole basically. Really, what sums it up is uh, Dynasty Joan Collins. Yeah, no, I hear you. I get exactly what you're saying. I just never saw that as truly glamorous. So. I, maybe, yeah, That's it's not me. like I've it's, ever been particularly drawn to that. And it's not like sure. I was ever like as a kid, you like, watch, oh, Joe You watched Collins. Dynasty as a kid. I don't think I did. I don't think I did. You watched it right after Falcon's Crest. Um, I did, I think, for a little while get into Falcon Crest. And you know what Dallas. I loved as a kid was uh, Magnum P.I., of loved course. It. Loved it. Sure. You thought Tom Selleck was sharp in his tucked-in Hawaiian shirts. Ah. Who doesn't want to tuck a Hawaiian shirt in? I'm surprised you never grew a mustache like his. Uh, maybe I should. You should. Now That'll that all crisis. rules are off, apparently, I'm going to get I'm going to get short shorts and a and a mustache. Uh-huh. That'll be your midlife crisis. You'll grow a mustache, uh-huh. wear short shorts with your your shirt tucked into them, uh-huh. and uh, drive a Ferrari. Uh, yeah, that's a pretty good crisis. And Nan will be like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> Maybe she'd like it. Mm, I don't think so. Maybe. Um, so that's what I always think, right? Um, uh, I, I guess if you really want to go back further, you could say like Zsa Zsa Gabor. Okay. From like, but but even that from like Love Boat. It's all that <laughs> era <laughs> in my mind. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And, uh And and if I think about glamour in that era and and making money with glamour, uh, really what you want to do is you want to serve the masses, right? You want to democratize uh, what it is you're selling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and nobody did that <clears throat> like glamour shots, right? True, yeah. Glamour shots for anyone who doesn't know. I, I can't see who they are, who these people are. But glamour shots was a... Uh, photo what would you call it like a photo it was a photo studio photo studio chain yep it was a chain that was in like malls Mm -hmm. and um they specialized in like joan collins dynasty pictures for everyone yeah they, I think they had someone who could do your hair and makeup for you if yes. you wanted to spend the money. And then they had an entire wardrobe that you could choose from. Yes. With, bow, then, with feather boas and... Yeah. Just full glamour. Yeah. It was about making you look special. Yes. And you'd go in there with your big hair mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and your rhinestone sequined, you know, big shouldered pink dress yep. and your feather boa on and, and your big earrings and your fuck me, fuck me makeup. And, uh, soft focus, uh, they would, they would take pictures of you in soft focus with a variety of very expensive backdrops sure. behind you. Not yeah. that the backdrops themselves were expensive, but that they gave off the aura of, of, of expensive. Sure. Like, like Trump's idea of what would look good in a picture. Yeah. Yeah. Hawaiian sunsets. Sure. Um, Lear jets, yes, all that kind of stuff, yeah. Um, and, and so they were everywhere. So I thought, what is up with glamour shots now, right? Because I don't know if you noticed this, it, just searching for things for this topic, you put the word glamour in a, in a freaking browser, and all that comes up are here's 400 bad glamour shots pictures, here's mm-hmm. it. it the people internet like, is right. People like to use them as headshots for a while, too. Sure, sure. Um, so I thought, what is up with glamour shots? And I took a look, and I saw an article uh, in the New York Times from one year ago, right? Uh, from May 2019. And the New York Times did an article following up on, hey, whatever happened to glamour shots? Mm-hmm. Uh, so glamour shots went from, uh, in their peak in the mid nineties, they had over 350 stores, uh, in America only. And then they licensed out their name to Venezuela, Japan, United Emirates, Kuwait, Saudi Arabia, all over the place. These people would buy licenses to be able to open up glamour shots in their countries, right? Uh, but all the ones here were franchises. Um, they, they were everywhere. They were pulling in money hand over fist. Uh, they really embraced that image of what they were. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, but as that image faded, uh, so did Glamour Shots. Right? And they tried to adjust right they tried to take more natural looking pictures apparently they had a they real your name to grunge shots uh <laughs> they did grunge shots probably no they tried to take like more natural less posed less lit um they tried to get into taking uh pictures for offices so you know if you go to a website and there's like who who works here and here's the ceo and they tried to get into those pictures, uh, but they never really found their footing the way they had with glamour, right? Um, and so they whittled away one by one by one, falling away. Uh, and a year ago, when this article was posted in the New York Times, they were down to five glamour shots left. Wow. Yeah. I wonder where they were. Uh, well, I looked it up. Uh-huh. I decided I want to look up into more of this because we're not in a good time now for businesses. So if they're failing so hard, what's up? And uh, I went to the Glamour Shots website and looked up, you know, find a studio. And uh, sure enough, those five are now three. Mm-hmm. There's one in Texas and two in New Jersey. 
Wow. Yeah. New Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. I think I know what your birthday party is going to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and then I went further and I tried to look into the stores themselves. The two in New Jersey uh, are closed for COVID. Uh, I'm betting they're never going to open because I'm sure business wasn't booming before. I hope not. I want them to reopen. I can't see it happening. I can't see. If anyone's going to fall to the wayside, it's the glamour shots in a mall no one's ever going to go back to. I understand. Uh, I just wish, I just don't want you to say it out loud. I know. I know. Uh, And then the one in uh, Texas, uh, I saw things about it where it was just people saying things like, no one will answer the phone here anymore. I think they're gone. And uh, (laughs) so that one doesn't look too good either. So I'm thinking there's probably no more glamour shots. So I was like, you know, I'm sure, though, the brand would cost a lot to try to buy. Uh, And I looked into, uh, you can open up franchises. So I looked into opening a Glamour Shot franchise, right? Because I think they marketed themselves wrong, right? They shouldn't have ran from the uh, cheesy Glamour image that they did they shouldn't have ran from it they should have or or even if they they did to begin with at some point they should have pivoted and gone back and said like no we're going back whole hog into this sure now yes. they should have done that now and 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 but they didn't and they kind of left themselves with a a name that leaves a bad taste on everyone's mouth and you know, stores that really have all the appeal of like somewhere you're going to go get your teeth whitened. Um, so, but, but anyway, I looked in like I could probably open up a glamour shots and do it right and make a lot of money. So I looked in what, what does it take to open a glamour shot franchise? Right? So you need uh, an initial franchise fee uh, of 25,000 to 35,000 cash. Uh, you need a training fee of seven hundred and fifty dollars. Uh, you need leasehold improvements one twenty eight thousand to one forty eight thousand. Um, you need equipment, uh, which is it says seventy six hundred to eighty six hundred. Jesus Christ! Uh, you need to buy the computer equipment and software from them from glamour shots it, 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 the more you read about it they're almost like a, a multi-level marketing thing For real uh so you have to spend eleven thousand eight hundred and fifty on your computer equipment and software from them um supplies like the wardrobe and uh marketing supplies and things like that six thousand dollars uh, training and installation expenses, another $6,000. Uh, opening advertising and promotion f- fees for the first three months, $16,000. Uh, additional funds for the first three months, $5,000 to $35,000. Uh, your total initial investment, uh, initial investment to open a, a Glamour Shots franchise, $206,000. $220 to $267,750. 
That's insane. It's insane. And you wonder why they're going away, right? Uh, so I am not going to recommend opening up a uh, a Glamour Shots, uh, but I am going to recommend still doing something similar, but doing it right, right? So we can't use the name Glamour Shots, uh, but we can do something that evokes that name, right? So mm-hmm. you're going to open up a place, and you're going to call it something that very similar, right? You're going to call it like classy shots with a Z or something like that. All right. Mm-hmm. Classy, something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're going to open it. Uh, you're going to open, you could open it in Williamsburg. Uh-huh. You're going to open it. Maybe you could open it in Times Square, but Williamsburg really would be the, 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 if you want to open one from the beginning for a hit. Yeah. It's definitely going to appeal to the ironic crowd. Yes. Yes, exactly. And you go double down on on the 80s, 90s glamour look. Uh, You make it a place where people can go and you can get pizza and beer and do your glamour shots. Mm -hmm. Right? Not just glamour shots where you go in and leave. You go in. It's your night, right? It is uh, Chuck E. Cheese for for hipsters. Yeah, for sure. Right? And And in this modern Instagram era, uh, they'll do all your advertising for you. You'll be huge. Uh, and I don't know if you noticed this, but every city has a massive hipster population, right? So you can open up another one in DC, in Portland, in LA, or you can sell franchises because as we've seen, these people are paying, or, or theoretically paying, because I don't know if there's any Glamour Shots left in the world, but uh, Glamour Shots is trying to make people pay 206000 and 267000 uh, and that's for this tainted name. You're going to embrace that taint, uh, and <laughs> you are going to charge people up the wazoo, and you're going to market this properly, yes, as exactly as ironic, fun, People are going to have their bachelorette parties there. Uh, embrace the taint. Embrace the taint. Exactly. That's not so dirty. <laughs> yeah, but that. But that's it. No, that's great. I love that idea. There's a, a new barbershop has opened up up the block from me called Couture Cuts. Oh, really? Yeah, C U T Z. Yeah. And you know they're couture because they have in the window a mannequin wearing a shiny dress. <laughs> <laughs> that says it right yep. there. Yeah. Well, that was a great idea, Noel. I thank you for it. Hey, no problem. Um, I thought to myself, where do we get a lot of our ideas of glamour from? And it's very clear that especially in this day and age, and when we were growing up, they came from film, mm-hmm. from the movies. And then I was thinking, well, in the movies, what was always held up as such a glamorous gig? And it was super clear that it was the spy. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, it doesn't matter. Even if you, James Bond is the obvious one to look at. But then when you saw things like In Like Flint, mm-hmm. The Man from Uncle, I mean, you had these handsome dudes with great hair, 
great clothes, great cars, beautiful women traveling to all these incredible, exotic and interesting locations. Um, and you're like, God damn, that is such a glamorous, incredible job. They're all rogues. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They're all out on their own, doing their own shit. No one's really supervising them. They're just left to their own wits to make whatever the spying they need to do happen. But when you read about the real life of a spy, it's pretty opposite. Yes. That. Yeah. There is such a lack of glamour in the spy world. Yeah. Like pa- if you ever read, pushers. if you ever read or see a John le Carré movie, that's more like what real spying is like uh-huh. some frumpy middle-aged guy mm-hmm. sitting around at a desk waiting for a phone call to come in and then going for a walk and passing something off to someone or taking something from someone just dressed like he's got to blend in, doesn't want to stand out in any way, shape or form. Generally not a handsome fella. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, everything is quiet, quiet, quiet. No great car chases. No like hanging on to the wing of a plane while it's flying 5,000 feet in the air. No banging random beauties you meet in a casino. You know, the thing I always I always loved about uh, James Bond is he would play thousands and thousands of dollars, like go to casinos and bet thousands and thousands of dollars of taxpayer money. Yeah. I knew that from the beginning. I'm like, where is this guy getting this money from? Oh, yeah. He's not paid this well. No. That's all coming from the taxpayer. Or from Iran-Contra. Oh, I didn't think it was England and part of Iran-Contra? No, but their own type of thing, right? Yeah, okay. Whatever their whatever their version of Iran-Contra is. Iran-Congo. Uh, you know, and then I thought to myself, well, wouldn't it be great if you could make the spy life more glamorous? Mm-hmm. And then I was sort of like, how would you do that? Then I was kind of like, hmm. Maybe if you just market it better, Mm -hmm. right? And then I thought, oh, this is what you're going to do. People, granted, we're in a COVID era. This is, again, post-COVID. But people love travel experiences. Yeah. Right? We we did shows uh, 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 where we we found out about people doing uh, death tours. Yeah. And uh, what was the other one where they go to... uh, they go to dangerous places. Oh, yeah, just dangerous places tours. Yeah, they go to places that are like in that are currently war zones. Yeah. Um, and I thought, why don't you market a James Bond style travel experience? Sure. Right, you market individual experiences that are directly out of James Bond films. Right, the client pays top dollar. They get dressed up like Bond. There's, you know a woman in every casino mm-hmm. that's there to just come up to him and do a little shake and bake and do her thing for him. There's, you know, mapped out car chases. It's like you're filming a movie. You get all the proper permits in every city you're in. Mm-hmm. You talk to all the right people, but the twist is with this, right? And you get people living out their James Bond fantasy. Mm-hmm. This is a money maker right there yeah. by itself. But here's the twist. Are you ready for the twist? Yeah. Because Bond did these things in China, in Russia, in North Korea, in South Korea, Mm -hmm. in Germany, in Switzerland, all over the world, 
you're going to actually use this all as a cover for this person to actually be running real spy secrets for you. They'll be picking up and transferring real spy secrets passed off to them. Sure. That everyone, including the local governments, are going to think are just for this movie idea. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. You've got the permits and you're going to be getting government money. Yeah. Big. And we all know how big government money is. Big. We've discussed this many times. So you've got your James Bond travel experience, which you can charge whatever you want because you're the only game in town for this. Yeah. And the only people who are going to do this kind of thing are rich people to begin with. And you're going to get that government money for doing all the real spy game stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's it. That's the idea. That's great. It's good. Hey, you guys, if you want to get in touch with Josh and I and give us some money right now, you can do that. You can go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com, go to the Get Rich Quick with Josh and Noel show page, hit the sponsor button, pledge an amount, and half that money will go to Josh and I, and half that money will go to Radio Free Brooklyn, uh, and we'll all be able to live the glamorous life. If you're like, no, no money for Josh or Noel, uh, the way to do it that insults us the most is just go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com, and from that main front page, uh, if you donate from there, all the money would go to Radio Free Brooklyn. Not a nickel goes to Josh or I. You get to write notes saying, screw those guys, and we get to know that you snubbed us. And you get a tax break because Radio Free Brooklyn is a 501c3 charitable organization. And you get to know that you supported the arts and community radio in a time when we all really need it, right? Um, if you want to support in other ways, you can download the app, Android or iOS, uh, you can listen to the station live on it. You can get all the archives for all the shows. You can uh, subscribe to the newsletter. You can uh, go to Amazon and use the Amazon Smile link. Uh, you can put Radio Free Brooklyn as, as your charity. You spend nothing extra when you make your Amazon purchases, and a tiny little slice uh, is donated to us by Amazon. Enough people do it. It adds up. You guys, help us out, right? G- give a guy a break. Um, every week we have a topic this week it is glamour and we give you so many ways to get so many rich uh, not enough for Josh he's like no we need more so he finds another little topic to get you another little rich Mr. Josh please take it away the get rich quick tip of the week brought to you by Radio Free Brooklyn like a big ship in the ocean I realized that I had to leave the safe harbor and eventually explore the deep seas. What I'm basically saying is that there are too many people who are stuck at the harbor. There are too many people who are too content with their paycheck. They're too content with their benefits. They're too happy with their boss. They're too happy with their job. And you can never leave your job if you're stuck at the harbor. You can never leave your job If you're too comfortable, you have to be willing to make that change. You have to be willing to make a shift in your mindset. If you want to leave the harbor, I want you to know that there's a treacherous ocean out there. But the ocean also contains vast resources that are completely unexplored. For me personally, I realized that I couldn't stand at the buffet line and expect to be hungry. No. What I had to do was walk away from the buffet line, work for my own food, so that eventually when I was hungry enough, 
I would have a feast. But you can't be hungry if you're always standing at the buffet line. There we go. Daniel Alley mixing up his metaphors. Yeah. And telling people that if they like their job, they should leave anyway. Yeah. You should leave anyway. What a ding dong. If you take the ship out to the ocean, you will have a buffet. But if you don't leave the buffet, you'll never be hungry. Yeah. You love Daniel Alley. <laughs> he's infuriating. I got to tell you, he's infuriating. Because he's so such a genius that he's... you wish you're angry that you're not as smart as he is? Yeah, that's it. I want to know how that fucking guy has 260-some-odd thousand subscribers on YouTube. He's hired them all. He's, he's paying so? some bot. Yeah. I don't know, man. Has to be. Has is that a thing be. on YouTube? I know it's a thing on 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 other platforms. I would imagine it is. Yeah. Eh, who knows? They're all anyway, over. Noel. Anyway, guys. Good, 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 glamour. Good, 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 glamour. How are you gonna get rich with it? I'm gonna tell you right now. Uh, like all industries, uh, the whole fashion industry right now is being thrown. For a loop. Uh, the New York Times had an article recently that I read about. It was about really this company that makes like sweatpants uh, and sweatshirts, nice sweats. Who had uh, just not too long before the pandemic hit gotten sick of the industry and withdrawn, and we're just doing direct sales from themselves over online. Uh, and then everything happened. Everyone wanted to be in sweatpants all the time, and they have gone gangbusters, this place. But in it, they basically were tearing apart what's happened in the, in the fashion industry. Um, and the fashion industry was already becoming, it was coming close to collapse, uh, the way they were driving everything. Um, so it's hurting, uh, and now that people aren't going anywhere or doing anything, uh, there's very little reason for people to dress up. Uh, there's very little wear and tear on your clothes, right? Uh, and the shorts that people are wearing nowadays don't even cover your butt. Uh, so how much fabric do you need, right? <laughs> Uh -huh. Good question. <laughs> but uh, so I, I came across this, though, in my research, which I thought was interesting. Uh, Target uh, is running ads where they're offering what they're calling waste up styles for video conferencing. <laughs> uh, and, and basically what it is, they're trying to sell like uh, they're calling it video call outfitting uh, where you can buy like a blouse and like a little necklace and earrings uh and they they say their their little catchphrase that it says is for virtual work meetings to fam time find waste up styles that elevate your fave comfy bottoms right so they're like yeah stay in your sweatpants uh but get a nice blouse and some earrings at target uh for your zoom calls for work or for whatever, Zoom drinks with friends maybe even, right? Mm -hmm. And I, you know, they, they have a point. They're going after uh, trying to sell in the reality that we have now. But it really seems to me they're leaving a lot of money on the table, right? 
because uh, they're trying to sell target earrings and target blouses uh, for these Zoom calls, right? Ideally, what you want to do is, is, is if you're only going to clothe half a person, you still want all their money, right? You still want all the money people spend on clothes. And I looked it up. Uh, the average family in America spell spends $1,833 a year on clothes. Uh, right? So right there, you should be going for getting that $1,800 uh, for tops and earrings. And I thought about it, too. I'm like, you know what? You don't even need that $1,800 to be to only cover half a person. Really what you need is $1,800 to cover a quarter of a person, right? All you need is waist up and the front. Yeah, good point. Right? So what you're going to do is you're going to make your own waist up fashions, but you're going to make it high glamour couture, or however you say that, couture fashions, uh, luxury fashions, but it's only going to be from the waist up. It's only going to be on the front. The back of the shirt can be T-shirt material for all you care, right? Yeah. But the front's going to be super nice fabrics, super highly designed. It's uh, like back in the 70s when Dickies were really popular. Kind of like that, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, you're going to sell these Zoom styles, video call outfitting, uh, but you're going to do it high fashion and you're going to get people to spend that $1,800 on one fourth of their body. Uh, and you're going to pack in the, the extras, right? Gold trim, feather, whatever, whatever it is, you're, you're going to pack it in hand stitching. Uh, and, and people are going to spend that money. You're going to get, you're not going to get that 20 bucks that target is charging for a nice blouse to wear. You're going to get that $1,800. And that's, no, that's it. Great. I like that. You want to get all that 1800 bucks. Yeah. And I guess part of it is you want to get the 1800 bucks without giving as giving as little as possible. Yes. As well. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's solid. I remember I had to wear Dickie once in Carnival. Mm -hmm. And I was dressed up as the uh, lieutenant governor of St. Thomas in like 1895. So I'm wearing a pith helmet. Uh-huh white jacket with epaulets and like gold, you know, uh, uh, wristbandy things uh -huh. and then a dicky and nothing underneath other than the dicky. <laughs> and that, that was the only time I ever wore dicky. The only thing I'd ever heard about it, but dickies were like apparently a thing for a while there. Uh -huh. The guys liked wearing dickies. They would wear a t-shirt and like a, uh, uh, a turtleneck dicky uh -huh. and throw a jacket on over it. Yeah. Button that jacket, and it was like they were fully dressed. Sure, for a day out. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. Well, <clears throat> I'm sort of going the opposite way from you, Noel. Um, I'm staying in the realm of fashion because you know when I read the definition of glamour mm -hmm. and exciting and often illusory and romantic attractiveness alluring or fascination, fascinating attraction in regards to fashion. I thought, 
What about all the people who don't give a shit about fashion? Mm -hmm. What about all the people who hate fashion? Mm -hmm. What do they do? And I thought to myself, there's got to be a place for those people. And they should be boycotting glamour because there's a lot of money in boycotting. Mm -hmm. So this is what I thought. Get a large group of people together. You give them a good name, an anti-fashion name, like something like Antifa. <laughs> but right? for fashion. Huh? But Antifa is fashion, not fascist. It's just Antifa. Okay. They wear nothing but black. Okay. Okay. Um, and what they do is they run around throwing bags of soup. Okay. On people at high fashion <laughs> events. Soup. Okay. Bags uh -huh. of soup. It's better than a brick. You can't throw a brick. No, they're too heavy. You can throw a bag of soup, right? So right there, you're going to make money off of the soup people, mm -hmm. because when you throw the soup at a high fashion event, like what's what's the big the big uh, 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 fashion party that goes on every year in in the in the in the in the museum? The biennial. What, what's it called? The yeah. You know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you don't, look it up. Anyway, um, imagine how much press would get, the, the soup company would get if Chunky, if Antifa was showing up there throwing bags of soup yeah. on people's outfits. Yeah. Um, then you expand Antifa mm -hmm. into a global thing where you can fly people from event to event where you'll have like, you know, six, seven, 80 people getting on a plane in a city, all dressed in black with their bags of soup. Mm -hmm. And you get a billionaire to back it. Okay. A billionaire who, in, who doesn't invest in fashion, maybe like some, some Jewish guy from the garment district. Okay who only does t-shirts and underwear. Okay. Right. That wants people to wear the low rent stuff. So he's pushing like, look, these are the real people. Yeah. They're of anti glamor. They're anti fashion. They're Antifa. I'm going to back them so they can travel around on planes, go from city to city, throwing soup at people. Mm -hmm. And you're going to make a fortune off of this. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Trump, I think it's great as well. Trump would, uh, I think he's on to you. Oh, if Trump talked about it, mm -hmm. that's like, that's better. That's the best free advertising you could get. Yeah. It would be like you didn't actually exist as a group. Yes. Until he talked about it. Yes. Yeah. Throwing soup. You hear that idiot this week? <laughs> No, I didn't. What'd he say? Oh, you didn't hear that? Of course I did. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Hey, you guys, if uh, you want to get in touch with Josh or I, tell Josh what Trump said this week, you can. You can get him on Twitter at grqjoshnoll. Uh, you can email him at grqwithjoshandnoll at gmail.com. Get him on Facebook at facebook slash grqjoshnoll. You can go on iTunes or anywhere you can get a podcast nowadays. Subscribe, rate, review you know uh we've been stalled at around 400 million downloads a week and the reason is because you haven't rated and reviewed us 
And if you're wondering who's he talking about when I say you, if you haven't done it, we're talking to you, right? So I was going to say, who's he talking about when he said 400 million downloads yeah. a week? <laughs> Us. Uh, you guys, uh, if you only listen to in podcast form, tune in Saturday nights, 8 o'clock at Radio Free Brooklyn. Get the schemes five days for anyone else. Get there early. Listen to Art Star Scene. Stick around afterwards. Listen to the circuit. There's a lot going on at Radio Free Brooklyn. You should be listening to it. Give yourself a freaking break, right? Uh, right now, you got a lot of money in your pockets. What are you going to do with it? Josh going to tell you, go ahead. Until just recently, Rond Island was the most expensive private island on the planet at an even an incredible price of $100 million. Since 2007, this 2,000-acre private island has been on the market, but a buyer has yet to be found. The beautifully lush island is untouched by development. The unique shape of the island creates two bays on adjacent shores of the island. The waters surrounding the island are extremely clear and offer superb visibility down to 100 feet. These features make the coast the perfect place for an array of recreational beach activities. Along with these bays comes another geographic feature that is sure to win the heart of some billionaires in the market for an island. Rond Island has a cave system wide enough to swim through. All of these amazing natural amenities make Ronde Island the second most expensive island on the planet. There you go, guys. $100 million for an uninhabited island. Get it. Get a couple. Yeah. You were going to say go away. I didn't know what I was going to say. Sometimes I just keep talking. I mean, Dan, I'm trying to I'm trying to imitate Daniel Alley. See if we can get his numbers. <laughs> uh, you guys, we have full faith in our ideas. We know they're going to get you rich. How do you know that they're worth, you know, put on a second mortgage on your house, stealing all your kids college fund, uh, you know, taking money from the workplace? How do you know? And it's because Josh scours the internet for rules of getting rich quick, to which we judge our schemes by. Josh, where do our rules come from this week? Today's rules are 10 money rules that helped me become a millionaire at 28. Boom. Uh, uh, rule number one, work hard and know your place. That's right. Know your place. You want to be in Williamsburg, not in uh, Freehold, New Jersey Mall. That's right. And uh, rule number two. Uh-huh. Start a side hustle. Start a side hustle. You think you're there for the spy camp when really we're passing secrets. There you go, guys. We're two for two, which to me says we're getting rich. Yeah. So once again for Josh. And Noel, don't spend all that knowledge in one place. <laughs> Everything will be okay. Well, I had a buck when I went to the track, had 20 grand when I came back, gonna get rich quick.